1: hello we're at a place called rule the roost podcast and i'm joined by everybody's favorite guy mr tom foynes h- h- how's it going tom
0: hi mate i'm great thanks i'm very very good i'm i'm still riding a high from saturday so feeling really really good thank you How can we, we just can we,
1: let's peek behind the curtain here because you were being all oh mate mate you're lucky uh you're lucky i've woken up uh, with my throat intact in to do this because i got back from the game mate and i couldn't speak because i'm double r that that's pretty much verbatim what you said to me yeah pretty much word for word there
0: what you've got um yeah it was it was it was a lot of fun on saturday yeah you know, i think uh just speaking to people during and, and especially after the game a lot of people saying that it was kind of one of the best atmospheres that they've been in and i think there's a there's a lot of different reasons for that, but I, I kind of feel like the main reason was, I don't know if we'll come on to it, but like the stand at the refereeing was so bad that the, the entirety of the south stand just seemed to be really pissed off for, for kind of 80 of the 90 minutes uh, and more. And it was just really good fun to kind of scream at a ref rather than feel like I needed to scream at our own players, which hasn't been the case for, for a number of years. So that was a nice novelty as well. But... Uh, yeah, it's already getting croaky. So, apologies if it does go over the next hour or so.
1: What with uh, Dav Sanchez and uh, and Dombele leaving, mate, you didn't have them to boo either, did you? So <laughs> you know, uh, uh, Hoiberg came on though, so yeah, that's try- a nice opportunity. <laughs> um, we did. We have we got we've got a cover off, mate. Not only did we break, I don't, is there a, I don't think there's a player of the month curse. Oh. There's, a, there's no player of the month curse, but there's definitely a manager of the month curse, and we broke the Foynes curse as
0: well. So. <laughs> yeah it's not it's not a curse in the way that you um portrayed it to be in your preview pod uh, which was on Saturday morning, wasn't it? so I listened to that on the way to the game and and heard you name checked me and said that I'd not seen a win at the stadium which isn't isn't quite true so i saw I was there for the Champions League game against Man City when we beat them one nil that was my first game in the stadium and then I saw a couple of weeks later the we beat Huddersfield I think four nil Lucas more Patrick yeah. Um, and then, and, and I haven't seen a win since, and, and that includes uh, the couple of away games that I've been to as well. So it's actually been sort of four and a half years since I'd seen us win at, at that stadium. And it wasn't looking good, was it? I mean, I, a couple of people messaging me at one nil down, like, oh, thanks, mate. Cheer- <laughs> cheers for this. Um, but fucking, it I love this shit,
1: man. You even say, if you even just say on Twitter, I've got a good feeling about today, people are literally like,
0: fuck off, you know? They're like, <laughs> so, so aggy about it. It's spurs, though, isn't it? It's, yeah. we're, we're, I don't think we're ever, ever going to get out of that kind of cycle. And It must be people, people of our age who have seen both the 90s and, you know, the the more relatively successful years um, of recent. We struggle to kind of break that feeling of, it's all going to go wrong at some point. But I just wonder if the kind of younger generation that maybe have only ever seen Red Knapp, Hotch, um, kind of don't have that. It'd be an interesting case study to know if they do. But I, I know that people give a lot of shit out for... Being too negative, and then you get a lot of people that are just like, "Oh, you can't, you can't possibly say before a game that you're confident about it." Like at home to Sheffield United, you know, you're definitely going to fuck it up now. So I think there's still a bit of a divide in the fan base, isn't there, about how you should actually feel about games like this. Do, do you know what's mad though? Like, if,
1: if you think about it, like there's a uh, there's probably now uh, even a layer of people that don't even really remember Martin Yarl.
0: Yeah, that's a worry, Some, isn't it?
1: Something to make you feel old, but <laughs> yeah. it, it's it's it, it it is definitely an interesting one. The the way in which Spurs are now, how we picture them, because we're sort of seeing this as I I still have this sort of thing with Spurs when I'm like our default setting, and it's because so much of my childhood was founded in the misery of, like you say, the mid to late nineties and the early noughties, especially of us just being abject. Right, of us being a properly abject side, really, really bad. Luckily, on a couple of occasions, not relegated as well. You know, I think we've 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 danced with that a few times. Yeah. The Spurs, when they've been good, when it's when it's been good under Pochettino, for example. And I, I was thinking about this, and this honestly is not some form of recency bias. Okay, Pochettino snake boo hiss, he's gone to Chelsea, everything like that. But still, whatever. When he was at Tottenham. Gave me some of the greatest times of my life and I loved it. And it was mad for a couple of seasons, 16, 17, and probably 17, 18. When I do think, really, for probably the first time in my life, I went into some games thinking, we'll have these lot. You know, even when we were like good under Yol, even when we were good under Red I was thinking, oh, how long is this going to last? This is fun, but this is going to be that good and it was like that at first with Pochettino like the Leicester year obviously we didn't get it over the line but still the so the year before the Leicester year and then the Leicester year when we were starting to look good and you're like let's just enjoy this for now right this this will be all right and then we were properly good in sixteen seventeen, and then we were very good in seventeen eighteen. after that but it's still it always felt to me such an emotionally charged time like we were so in love with Harry Kane so in love with Deli Alley, with Sonny with Ericsson with Alderweireld with Vertonghen with Wanyama with them but like we were, they were our boys you know Walker Rose like we loved them we would love them and we just wanted our boys to do it and whatever I the People have been talking about how this Ange stuff is better, or that. Oh, not not gonna lie. I think I think it was Lara who I have on the pod who's saying, not gonna lie, I'm already enjoying this more than I ever did Pochettino, and like some people no. were saying to her, like, oh, recency bias, like let him do it over a few years and all this type of thing. But I was sort of thinking myself, I was like, what what do I feel kind of differently about this? Because I, I love, I do love Ange. I can't get enough of everything that he's saying. Right. I don't yet have... If I'm being brutally honest, I don't yet have the dad thing with him. Like, I I really like him as a bloke. And I really kind of... I like his almost, like, standoffishness that he has with everything. That he's got this kind of emotional intelligence to be like, look, I'm not here to put an arm around you. I'm not here to give you all a hug. I'm here to make your football team fucking good. That's my job. And that's what I'm here to do. I kind of like that about him and I really rate that about him. And what I feel with this is, like... I'm buzzing about Spurs. I'm loving this. But there's a certain level of emotional detachment. And I can't quite put it into words yet. But there is a certain level of emotional detachment from this. And what I feel is it's it, that's not a negative. It's my pathetic, needy, please don't let this kind of... Even though I said that in the post-match thing. The kind of please don't let this all fall to pieces neediness of Tottenham. Of now, I just kind of look at us and I think we're just an objectively fucking good side. Like, Mm. we're really fucking good. We've, we've. I, I went into this season worried that we didn't have enough new players, that our squad looked kind of shit and all this type of thing. Now I suddenly look at us and I'm like, we're already, like, almost overnight, a completely new team. Like, everything I've been bemoaning about this team for the past few years, we're not quick enough, we're not, technically good enough we don't have enough technically decent footballers we haven't got footballers that can play the ball around crisply that can trap the ball nicely that are quick that are strong that make runs for one another that work for one another they do all of that now like everything and I'm suddenly like fuck we're really good and I'm not worried about saying that you know I'm not worried about saying I have I feel good about going into the Arsenal game I'm not saying we're going to win it I'm not saying that like we're gonna turn up and take the piss, but I'm I'm not afraid. I'm, I don't have this, ooh, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Because it's like, even if we do lose to Arsenal, which is a distinct possibility, and we will talk about all that later on in the pod. Even if that does happen though, I'm not I don't feel like the wheels come off of this. I feel like this guy is solid. Everything that we were told, we'll love this guy, he's great, and he's just he's a fucking genius. He's like a pep level genius, he's brilliant. I'm suddenly like Oh, right. Yeah, he is. Because this is, (laughs) this is honestly, honestly, it is some of the best football I've ever seen Tottenham play. And I know the sample size is very small, but it's there nonetheless. And what I can say objectively from what I've seen is my life support in Tottenham, we're very, very good. Hmm. Can you unpack something from from that waffle?
0: Well, not waffle at all. I think you've you've captured what a lot of people are feeling and probably why a lot of people are really enjoying what they're seeing now. Some of it is a reaction to the last four years. And that includes the end of Poch. End of Poch, Mourinho, COVID in there as well. You know, it's unfortunate that that period coincided, but COVID definitely contributed. We, We were just opening the new stadium and that sort of communities were starting to be built and then all of that was ripped away from us for like a year um, into Nuno and then the way that Conte finished, you know, that some of the reaction to all of this is just being happy to go to a stadium and, and as you say, think, we got st- we got a chance of doing these today um, over, well, I'm not sure what Spurs is going to turn up, but I think the biggest part or the, the best thing that's happened to us in a way is it was finishing eighth because what you're talking about with Pochettino and the feeling of going into games with that, we're not too sure, and especially into derbies. It doesn't matter this season anymore. And I think the the conversation at the start of the season that people were having, or the, the sort of culture war, if you like, that was going on with Spurs was, you can't say we need to, need to write this season off. And I don't think anyone was necessarily saying that, but I think people were willing, myself included, you know the way that I saw this season was, bit of a free hit the 11 that start the first game of the season you know could be five or six players different at the end of the season because that's what this season's going to be about it's going to be understanding who Ange can trust who he wants who he doesn't want how the system works how it translates from where he's been before etc etc and all of that is being done without that weekly feeling of oh my god we we have to win because if we don't win we'd could get overtaken by Chelsea, Arsenal, United, Liverpool, Newcastle, all of that has been stripped away now. It's almost, you know how you have to hit rock bottom before you seek help. You know, it's almost like Spurs hit rock bottom under contact. It was, we tried all of these kind of toxic or just doomed relationships with these managers and with the systems that they were trying to employ and stuff like that, that we all knew it just wasn't going to work long-term. We might have had short-term results. We may have even won a trophy or two, but it was never going to work long-term and it was always going to end painfully with those decisions that we've made. And so to come out of that with a feeling of... not feeling like every single week has so much more than just our game riding on it. You know, I, I went into the game this weekend... Just looking forward to seeing his play and seeing Ange and and some of the new players for the first time. I, I there's so many players in that first uh, in that first eleven that I had I'd never seen before, and some of them have been around for a couple of years, and that was such a nice experience. I didn't even check the United score until uh, well after the game. I, I didn't even know really have an eye on who they were playing or anything like that, and. A couple of years ago, certainly under Pochettino, but still under Mourinho and, and Conte, you'd be looking at fixtures from this early in the season thinking, well, if they get a result there and we win this today, we're like five points ahead. All of that is wonderful background noise to have. It's a brilliant extra, you know, it's a bonus for us to feel that as Spurs fans that we do have that going on for us as well. But it isn't the main focus of every single game. And I think we've talked about this before. Honestly sometimes the overriding emotion i had when we used to win a game of football was just relief. Mm. I didn't didn't really feel joy at beating i don't know Burnley 4-0 at home or something like that. Most of it was well thank fuck we haven't slipped up there because that you know a it's embarrassing b it puts us on the back foot for you know the title the top 4 or european places. Arsenal can overtake us if they win their game. Like all of that just for me at the moment doesn't exist. It's it's not there for me. And it's, it is early days, as you say, and that can change. And over the course of the next three, four months, certainly towards the turn of the year, we're going to have a really good understanding of what our targets are for this season. Because I was, was going to say exactly that when yeah. does that expectation come? Oh, totally. Because and it I, will I think. Come. Yeah, absolutely. It, it will come if, if we continue to. And I mean, it could happen as early as this time next week, mate. If we've beaten Arsenal, yeah, you know, everything you're saying there about kind of how you're feeling and like, it's it is early and stuff like that sentiment could totally change if we come out of it with a 1-0 win at the emirates for example but we could be sitting there thinking "Fucking hell, right anything's possible that that kind of thing and it's great to have that and i think Ange has been brilliant in his in how he's batted that question when people have asked that like, fans are feeling really optimistic you know should they get carried away He's not saying outright, yes, but he's just saying, well, I'm, I'm not going to tell them how to feel. It's the same as when Kane left, he did that. I'm not going to tell anyone how to feel. They're fans, they're passionate, they're going to feel X, Y, Z. And he's doing the exact same thing for for, for the feel-good factor that's happening now. He's not telling us to get excited, but he's also telling us that, that if, you, if you're if you enjoying the football and you're you you know you're liking what you see and it's happening earlier than, than you expected, try not to go away with that, oh, it could all come crumbling down. You know, it... it sit with it be comfortable with it see what happens and that's that's what what i wanted to happen from this season i wanted a season of more good than bad but for the bad to have some sort of lessons behind it if you like but for the Mm. good not to sort of spiral us into this every single minute matters kind of thing it's great to be part of the conversation it's amazing to be in a position where we could be talked about as as competitors to, to City or Arsenal, or even just the top four, you know, after the last couple of seasons, it's great to be in that position. But it doesn't feel yet like that's gripping hold of us and strangling us, where a 2-1 win against Shepherd United feels like more of a relief than the just pure, like, rapture that it was of at that final whistle in those last 12 minutes of injury time. Were you
1: in the South? Yeah, the it limbs were unbelievable, mate. It was brilliant. It was absolutely. I think it's the brilliant. best limbs I've ever
0: seen at the stadium.
1: I'm not gonna lie. More yeah, than the I three 0 so. against Arsenal, more than the champ. Because I think the atmosphere. I was I was at both the Champions League quarter final and the three 0 against Arsenal, and the atmosphere in both of those was unbelievable. But mm. the limbs didn't look like they did in that game. Yeah, like, it
0: was a real reaction, and I think uh, the th- the th- most pleasing part of. What happened on Saturday? Obviously, to win in the manner that we did, it was it was a different kind of question that was being posed to us. So we've we've played Man United at home. You know that was a great result. We've had Brentford away, Burnley away, um, Bournemouth away. They're, they're all very different tests, but it, I think we were behind against Brentford, and that's the only time that we've had to come from behind to get anything this season. Oh no, burnley as well wasn't it but uh, sheffield united felt like bell, they came bell. yeah <laughs> um, sheffield united came for a point and they got themselves into a position where they would have been delighted with a point but all three was you know the was an absolute it was a cup win you know and they defended for their lives and they actually defended pretty well i think and it was a really different test for Postacoglu, and I, I think that so much of the joy at the end of it was kind of the feeling of passing that test, but also the reaction to the kind of nonsense that had gone on for 90 minutes. Um, the way that Madison responded to it, it, it the, the connection between fans and players was was back. You know, that's, that's the main thing that I took away from the Sheffield United game, in that we felt as the players felt. And what I really loved, one of my favourite things about what happened was Madison got booked for, it, it, in the eyes of it's descent, but what actually happened was he just threw the biggest tantrum like a, genuinely like a toddler. I think we'd had a shot and it got palmed over and the ref didn't give a, a corner. And Madison just went absolutely bananas, just threw himself to the floor, throwing his hands around, hands on heads, and he got booked for it. But we all felt the exact same thing so i think when when that winner went in it was just such an amazing reaction to the to the previous 90 minutes that we'd had to see of just pure frustration. And I think that the celebrations at the end as well, the way Madison was kind of orchestrating it, pointing towards Ange, like telling everyone to, uh, to clap him, all the players joining arms and like running up to the South stand and stuff. It was a, a proper connection moment for the fans and the players. It wasn't just, we've won a game of football. It was, we've done it against these odds. And we've done it when the chips are down and we've done it when the pressure was on for us to show what we're all about and stuff. And and that's just amazing. It's, it's There was a bit of magic in the air on Saturday. It was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. We've done it in that game that we've seen a thousand
1: times before oh, play yeah. out. Like mm. the, the story doesn't end this way normally for Tottenham and it has done this time. Speaking of like the players' reactions to all of this, did you see, have you seen Eve Basuma's Instagram post, which is, it's, it's a video of him dancing around and the final whistle with the crowd singing mm. his name and the caption is just i love my club i love my teammates i love our fans i love the stadium i just love spurs official like <laughs> yeah. i mean come on man you know and this guy for me is one of the most important elements of this of this team i do want to talk about him in particular but, but before i do just again on on what we were saying about Ange and his his kind of his he's not even tempering of any sense of expectation or anything like that, you know. His his literal quote after the game is, let them go, let them enjoy it. My role is not to burst people's bubbles. Let them get excited. Let them get ahead of themselves. That's the beauty of being a supporter. They've gone through enough pain, mate. They, if they, if If you just want to let them enjoy it, if they think we're going to be world beaters, then that's great. And that's up to us to match that expectation. Our supporters deserve to have some happiness and enjoy it any way they want to. Let's just compare and contrast that (laughs) to the last manager. Here, the patience has finished for fans. They want a trophy. Stop. And when you have to find the right solution to make the fans happy to win a trophy because their patience has finished, we feel this. I feel this. The players feel this. And this does not help our situation. There are many players, young players, that need to go step by step to grow. We're trying to build something important. But if you don't have the patience... Then that's not useful. We're far from being competitive to fight to win. I say we need time and we need patience but here the environment has no patience and maybe the environment doesn't want to understand our reality. I mean, how fucking, how neggy is that, just saying it again? And you sort of think, that's the fucking cloud we lived under. Don't enjoy football. Don't be happy about anything. Don't perhaps dream that the club can go on to win something. I'm getting paid £15 million a year, but what the fuck am I supposed to do here? Versus this guy, Antropos de I have no idea what his salary is, but I wager it's a fraction of what Antonio Conte was getting and he's doing his fucking job. He's proving that if you coach players and you speak to people and you conduct yourself in a correct manner, you can go on and achieve stuff. It's and it, all of it, mate, it's like you say, it's not just because it's not just because the football is objectively great right now. I think it's it's multiplied by having that cloud lifted. It is like being out like Charlotte always uses this analogy about, you know. Having been in like previous kind of abusive relationships or whatever, she's saying it's like living living under a cloud, and then it's only the second you step out of it, you're suddenly like, wow, that was a thing. Do you know what I mean? And it's 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 complete. I mean, I I get that that's a (laughs) a poor appropriation of a very human situation, but you know, it's it's what stupid male podcasters do isn't it when they talk about football (laughs) (laughs) and it's
0: it's just from a even from a it's not even just the whole vibe check thing either like last season same situation 1-0 down at home to Sheffield United the whole atmosphere would be totally different but you can guarantee that Conte wouldn't have taken Son off and put Richarlison on you know and i know that there's context is important for that son had been in south on south korea duty in the week had played a lot of football traveled a lot wasn't really looking great um in the game he, he wasn't really getting anything and richarlison is is obviously you know has his own his own battles at the moment but and put him on and put him on pretty much for the for the 12 minutes of added time to do exactly what he did and it's kind of shocking to think that we've achieved that without, sorry to mention him, but without Kane, but without Son as well. Like these two main guys that we've had and we've had to rely on for so long. And Ange made the decision to sub Son off, bring Richarlison on. And How I mean,
1: good was his goal as well? The finish was unbelievable. What a header.
0: Yeah, brilliant. And, and considering he'd missed one not long before as well, I, I think it's like given, given the sort of mental state that he's in right now that he's been quite open about in the last week or so it's very easy to miss that sort of header it was fizzed in at him um but it was brilliant absolutely brilliant and I, but I think was it more impressive was his his composure for the the second goal he could have very easily thought amazing hero narrative here you know i come on score the header to equalize score the winner um but the ball the shot wasn't really on um and he, he made the right decision and he played it on one more to Kulisevsky you did finish it. But you know, like you say, it was cool. Brilliant. It was
1: so composed. It was such yeah. a nice feint to yeah. create the space to make the pass to Kulisevsky as well. Which finish was brilliant as well. He had yeah, no right to score brilliant.
0: that straight off, you know? Yeah. It With the whole part... It, that mental side of thing is so interesting because I really think that post, half of Postacoglu's battle was to build... A team that was competent, you know, technically competent, again, after so long, just seeing some, just the failure to do such simple things as individuals and then as a collective. That was a really big battle to overcome, but he had to kind of train out of them that negativity. And I think that in situations like that for the winning goal, Udogi coming in to steal that ball was brilliant like it's for, for a boy who just run for a hundred minutes or so and run his socks off and probably had nothing left in the tank he was running on adrenaline he wins the ball back gives it to hoivier who in fairness to him you know decent pass into i think perisic perisic puts it into Richardson, and as i say that as a kind of a, a minute a tiny little moment in the game he could have all of them could have let the emotions run over them and they didn't. They just kind of stuck to the plan of putting putting the ball into someone in a better position. Well, but and it, it feels so simple, and it was so simple. And it, it, I think Ange is. We've got to give credit to Ange for that because, as I say, there could have been. Where there was so We were so desperate last season for just some action in front of goal. It felt like we were so impatient whenever the ball came to one of our strikers. Richarlison especially, but Son was in a terrible run of form as well. He was snatching at chances. Kuduzewski wasn't at it at all either. Any one of those players could have taken the wrong decision at that point instead of the simplest one, and none of them did. They were all perfect. Every weight of pass was perfect, decision-making was perfect and that it just comes from Postacoglu and, and that's so pleasing at a moment like that it's it's just amazing Did, didn't you find it I thought it was particularly
1: telling and I was really impressed with him like you say after kind of his admissions during the week and his lack of form you know anyway throughout the season and probably last season as well that Richarlison scores this big equaliser and he isn't ripping his shirt off. He isn't running into the crowd. He isn't making this huge outbursting emotional statement here, pointing to the name on the back of his shirt, all this type of thing. He got the ball out the net and he got everyone to fucking get back to the center circle because they yeah. could sense that there was a winner there. It was about yeah. the team. That moment wasn't about him. It was about the team, you know, and like Andrew said in this thing, like that, you know, the lad's getting too down on himself about how he's been playing. I think he's been good. I think he's been important for the, for the side and, you know, I, I think Andrew's probably been quite kind there, but still, um, if he carries on like this, then fantastic for for Richarlison. And I, you know, what a statement to make, uh, yeah. uh, in, in in like you say with the with the backdrop of what has been going on for him. I mean, are you uh, are you sort of on the same page as me with a doggy? Because I find a doggy like it feels almost trite now to be going on about how good he is, but because to me he feels. Almost emblematic of this Angera right now, in that right, he's twenty years old. Let's not heap expectation on him, but I, d- I don't even feel worried about doing that. Like like I was saying about, I don't really feel that worried about Spurs. I don't have that kind of emotional thing. Like you can just quite clearly see a is an astoundingly good footballer. <laughs> like he's just brilliant. I'm I'm not like oh let's let's not hype him up too much. Or it, he speaks for himself. Like everything he's doing, I'm thinking Christ, this. It feels like a, a a guy playing at his absolute peak, you know? Yeah. And yeah. It, it doesn't feel stretched. It doesn't feel like, ooh, you know, he might hit a bad patch of form. It just feels like everything he does is just brilliant. And he's just meant to be there. He's like, he's technically brilliant. He's physically brilliant. He's just got everything. Like he's, he's, I, I just think he's an astonishingly good footballer, you know? In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
0: Yeah, completely. I, I, I totally agree. I, I've obviously seen him on TV in the game so far, but I, he was probably the one that I was most excited to to see, and I think it's probably an area of the pitch that we really lacked someone like him for for a really long time. If you think since since Danny Rose, um, well, since his injury really in 2017, but he, he never got back to kind of full fitness and full form, and then it's been Davis. We've tried Reggion, Perisic, Sessignon. You know, these are these are some some players that have had let's say mixed at ver at very best results when they've played there. And suddenly we've got this kid who just seems so intelligent and so ready to play this level of football. He was he was definitely one of the concerns that we had coming into the season, or if not a concern, then definitely a. This could go either way. As a young player, he's probably going to be playing a, a position that's slightly further back than he's used to. He's, he's a wing back by all counts, and he's probably going to be playing left back. The system looks as if he's going to be asked to step into midfield as well, similar to the way that Man City used to use their fullbacks, you know, and that's in the Premier League is an area of the pitch where you have to be brilliant to, to just survive and keep your head above water, let alone excel as he has. And, and he's just done it. He's just taken it on with, with no problem whatsoever. He's using all of his attributes. I mean, he's he's so tall as well. The thing I've noticed is we seem to put him on the front post for corners. And I think he just missed it for Richarlison goal. But he was right in front of me where I was sitting, and it's kind of the first time he'd been that far advanced up the pitch. And I was like, fucking hell, this guy's massive. You know, for again, for a kind of a left back or a wide player, it's it feels a little bit unusual for someone to be that tall. Um but he, he just uses everything so brilliantly and, and says so he's, he's so intelligent with the ball and he seems to know exactly. Went. To go, he was very aggressive in defence as well. That's the, the other thing that I noticed and was really impressed with. I, I don't think Van Der Ven had his best game for us on Saturday. I think he he seemed to struggle with Mc, with McBurney, um, which I, I don't think any centre back in the world has ever struggled with with McBurney. Um, but he just for some reason, one reason or another, he didn't seem to be kind of on it. Um, but Udogi was really tidying up after him quite a lot. And wasn't letting him get a sniff and, and was just shutting everything down on there. And then suddenly, two seconds later, you see him really advanced up the pitch, pretty much next to where Solomon was. It, it's so impressive seeing him live. Honestly, he's such an athlete and it, he really could be one of the best in the world because he seems to have everything going for him physically and mentally. It, it, he's He seems like he's got the perfect temperament to play in the Premier League as well. Just amazing, absolutely amazing, really, really impressive. Are you like
1: most of all, mate? Are you shocked at the moment by how quickly and
0: just turned this all around? Uh, yeah, I suppose. Uh, like I say, his job was to try and turn around technical and mental blocks, wasn't it? it he had such a big ask ahead of him. The, the other thing is similar to, it's quite hard to watch this happening without drawing comparisons to Pochettino because of the sort of manners that they are, you know, a little bit more kind of human and personable and um, more progressive in terms of their football and stuff like that. And so it is difficult to not make comparisons, but I think one of the things that was uh, always said of Potter was that he actually inherited quite a, a good squad. Um, he, he had a lot of work to do to make it what it became. Um, but he did inherit a squad with Vertonghen, Walker, Loris, Rose, um, you know, Kane, Ericsson, etc. There was a lot of good players there. And, and I think it's kind of a similar situation with Postecoglou. He's inherited some very good players mm. that just were mismanaged for a long time. And then he's added the new ingredients in there as well. But I think that's what's been... It was one of the big concerns before the season of how is this... He's a new manager, obviously, to the league, but we've got a lot of new players that particularly vicario i'd say but three of our back five were brand new in the summer and then the other one was poro who was brand new in january and things hadn't been looking great for him and there was that concern of if this if we you know get one point from our first two or three games this is potentially a bit of a death spiral that we could be on and it might just not we may not have liftoff on this, you know,
1: I was very worried going into this. Oh, totally. I'm not going to lie. Like I was, I was catastrophizing like relegation. (laughs) in my. Well,
0: I I was thinking it wouldn't, it honestly, you know, I I think I said this in chats and WhatsApp to you, said it to other people. I'll hold my hands up to this. I I said, it wouldn't surprise me if we go into the Arsenal game in the bottom five, because I just didn't know what to expect from this. We've seen it a million times over, you know, Team gets brand new goalkeeper, young goalkeeper, no one's heard of. Has a difficult first one or two games and never recovers, or takes a long time to recover. And we, we, about, you know, maybe Forster coming in just to steady the ship, that that sort of thing. And and all of that just hasn't come to pass. And it's it's been brilliant. It almost feels silly to think about that now because you think, well, yeah, we have got, I've got a really good team and I mean Foucault looks manager.
1: fucking brilliant doesn't he singling it, it, it him I didn't
0: even notice him on on Saturday and and apart from it he made a really good save in the first half but I, I don't think he had anything to do second half but I noticed that I didn't notice him and I think for a long time certainly towards the end of Lloris you know a ball going in the box you did dread looking over and just seeing where the hell Maurice was (laughs) is he going to be on his line is he going to be in the middle of three or four players and miss his punch or or whatever I I just the best thing I can say about him is that I didn't notice him and I, I don't notice him he just seems like he's kind of part of the furniture now and and he doesn't stop talking that's the other thing that I really liked about him I noticed was it seemed as if he was kind of coordinating things and he just seems very embedded into the system. He do, he's not just a keeper. He's not just someone, you know, that uh, he's not just the 11th man that you need a goalkeeper, so therefore it's him. He he seems part of the system and he seems to know what Poster expects from him and his defence and his midfield and an attack, and he's part of that. So uh, I, think, I think, to go back to your question of what surprised me the most, I, I'm just so surprised it's gelled this quickly. You, I expected to have... At least one thing that I would be say going into this this run of two games with Arsenal and Liverpool with a that that one thing's the, the worry, and I can't. It's not to say that they don't exist, but I can't see any evidence of that at the moment. I can't I can't put my finger on something of we really need to be careful with. We're not conceding a lot of set piece goals. We're not conceding um, you know goals. From the turnover, we're not getting countered very easily, and a lot of that is because of you know the pace of Van der Ven and, and Udogi, for example, and and that's that's the most. And even Romero, thing. really, yeah, he's he's been so good. And another one, I'll hold my hands up to. I was I was very down on Romero. I I was one of those people that believed he was far more interested in Argentina. Well than, but I think he was
1: I think he was down on Spurs himself as well. You know, we've yeah, heard a stuff enough, coming I out suppose. That, that he you know, he said he wanted to leave the club if Conte mm. was staying in charge.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean yeah, didn't we all but and but he still <laughs> wondered where it was gonna go. it's it's very similar to what happened with Baton. Um leaning against Sherwood. the wall in
1: Liverpool. Yeah,
0: Anfield everyone everyone was <laughs> So down on him about that, and he turned out to be kind of one of the best centre backs that we've we've ever had. And it, all it took was who knew a manager that wasn't a complete psychopath. You know, I think it's great that Romero has got his head switched on, and he is one of the the captains. It's it's very obvious to see that he he's relishing that role. Again, it's made I'm him grow skeptical. up a bit, hasn't it? I was sceptical. Yeah, I didn't expect it to really make any difference to him. I thought if anything, it could make him a bit more rash and I mean do you remember the tackle we when he got sent off against Milan in the Champions League when uh, we yeah, yeah, yeah. we were going out. I mean the, the Nadir, you know, talk about rock bottom, that, that really was it. And he, he just I don't even think he lost his head. I think he just wanted to get off the pitch as <laughs> quickly as possible. I just don't think he gave a shit. Um and compare that to having to be taken off after 20 minutes, you know, against Brentford and then how he's performed since then it's just been brilliant. So uh, I would say that the the biggest surprise I've had is that any concerns that I've had have been pretty much quashed straight away. I I just, and I say, like I said, it's not to say they don't exist. It's not to say that those things may not start coming through as we settle into a rhythm, you know, we're into the sort of business of the season, if you like, first international break over. It begins now really in earnest. And, it, we could get zero points from the next two games, and we suddenly go okay. Let's scale it back. This is going to be a problem for the rest of the season if we don't fix X, or this will stop us achieving you know everything that we want to if we don't sort out this. And that's fine. That's absolutely fine. That is exactly what we thought this season would be about. It. We knew there's going to be a difficult spot at some point, and I, it's more likely than not that that will happen at some point still. But that's fine and and that's the most pleasing aspect of all of this is that we've got such a great platform to build on and it's it's kind of there for us to take isn't it we, mm. we it's there to make a bit what we want to
1: cuz i definitely agree with you on the pitch it's, it, even if we even if we were to have lost to sheffield united as i was saying in the post match thing i was composing my thoughts with that in mind at that point thinking I'm not even that pissed off at anybody here. I don't really Mm. feel like anybody's done anything wrong. I don't Mm. feel like, oh, we should have tried a bit harder. We should have, I just felt Sheffield United had a decent game plan. They stuck to it. Well, they had that, I mean, that Robinson lad was phenomenal for Mm. them um, on the weekend. Truly, truly brilliant. Um, So I thought it was, you know, I was just going to chalk it off as just one of those days. It just happens. But I believe in what we're doing. I've, kind of seen the the proof is in the pudding as they say you know it's, it's, it's there in front of our eyes that we are an objectively much better team and we're playing very very well so we don't need to kind of throw our toys out of the pram we knew afternoons like this would happen but you know Sheffield United hasn't you know we, we won it in the end and we'll talk about Arsenal in a minute um, but I I can't really see anything wrong with this. The only, the only right to, to burst people's bubbles or whatever. The only kind of looming specter I see for us right now is our lack of quality squad depth. I think the, the only thing that really, the only thing that just nags me just that bit is if Madison's out for a bit, if Basuma's out for a bit, if even a doggy's out for a bit, I don't Mm. know. You know, that's that's kind of, that's the thing. Just in terms of, I'm not saying I don't back Ange to be able to work around that, but this system that we're seeing playing right now, our creme de la creme, this tier one, beautiful kind of free-flowing football that is terrifying for the opposition as well. I don't think any Arsenal fans will be looking forward to playing. They're kind of, they're, they're, they're hyping it up at the moment, but I don't think they'll be looking forward to playing this Tottenham team, mm-hmm. especially with their kind of stuttered start thus far. Yeah, I think with both
0: team to sort of take advantage of their their weaknesses as well. Again, yeah. not not for any minute thinking it is going to happen. Um, they should be beating us. That, that's that's unfortunately the truth is they are they are far further into their uh, their cycle, if you like. They are fully embedded in what their manager wants to do. He's had millions, hundreds of millions of pounds spent on what he wants. Um, and we, our record there is, is pretty poor. And so all of the odds look like it should be weighted very heavily to Arsenal. But I don't think they're going to be comfortable with that. And if you look at the, like, you know, the performances we've given in the last, I'd say two or three, um, two or three North London derbies when we've been at theirs. And in particular, think of the Nuno one. I mean, the, the no midfield, Nuno no midfield. Uh, Derby that we lost, I think 3 1. Just so insipid and cowardly and pathetic, like more so than the kind of previous years where we've really messed up there. Just completely devoid of anything. And I think we know that as a minimum, we're not going to get that. We're going to get a, a team that's going to give it a real go. Madison, Bisuma, Saar, you know, Son, probably Richarlison, maybe like that. They're completely reborn and. I mean, how good of, was
1: Kuleszewski on the weekend as well? Uh, yeah, very. Yeah, well, I,
0: I think he was mixed in fairness until probably the last ten minutes, and I don't think Andrew really knew what to do with him because when Johnson came on, I think he played right wing back for a little while, Kuleszewski, and then Royale came on and he Kulusevsky moved more central. I, I didn't think he was brilliant actually. Uh, I, it's interesting to hear you say how, that you thought he was really good, and uh, you know, just one of those things. I think that he's gonna do divide opinion, I think, because I come on my pod and start fucking mugging me off all right mate. No no mate, sorry. Do you know what I mean? He was he was he was brilliant. Good. You can edit that bit out. Yeah I will do. I will do.
1: <laughs> now, I just thought that spark was back with him. That's the main thing I'll take I'll take from it. That's what I was saying. Certainly of over for. last season. Yeah, he's yeah. been
0: he's been much much better, seems to be more direct, but there's a couple of occasions where he had the opportunity to put the ball in or make a decision a little bit quicker and he he just didn't and it was at times where look, his pace is never going to be his, his number one asset and there are times when we got just behind sheffield united and and the opportunity was there to kind of build momentum and and keep them on the back foot and we just allowed them to get back in numbers and um it sort of fizzled out a little bit it's not necessarily his fault i just think that until he was moved around he was a little bit stunted but um yeah he's another one again arsenal won't be looking forward to to playing him. Either. just so,
1: just on Johnson as well. He looked promising when he, I know we didn't see much of him, but he did look
0: promising when he came on. That finish
1: was mm, lovely,
0: you know. Looks very Delhi Alley. You know, I think a, number, yeah. a couple of people said um yeah. about the the just the pass from Bismiller, sort of reminiscent of what Alderweireld used to do to Delhi Alley. We saw a couple of goals uh, from that from that route and it was very similar. Even just the way that he brought it down was brilliant, but he he delayed the shot a little bit. And obviously he didn't know he was offside, as far as he was concerned. It was it was all um it, 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 the, the ball was live, if you like, and he just delayed and let Fodderingham go down, and then he poked it over him. It, it was really really impressive, considering it was his his debut as well. He could have snatched it. So he's th- another option. That's a, a, and again, if you're Arsenal, they play so high up the pitch. There is going to be opportunity for us to get behind them, and if we just make the most of that and stay calm, you do think that there is something there for us, definitely. And and that is in the way that the team is playing and the way that we're set up. I haven't felt that about a derby at the Emirates for a, a few seasons, even with Kane and even with Son. Just the way that our midfield looks in particular gives us no platform whatsoever to perform like that. But the way that we're playing now... It, it, it's there. It's the potential is there. We just have to not shit ourselves, which is a big problem for us at the Emirates. I, I just
1: don't feel like this team is made of that stuff. In terms of like the shitting themselves stuff, mm. I think I think we're we're a different animal now. And like my, I spoke to one of my Arsenal mates about this, and he's like, oh, you know, it's like, Are you looking forward to the North London Derby kind of thing? He's like, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing you lot. Sit back for ninety minutes and then get a penalty and us draw one all. Yeah, it'll be fun. That I was like, mate, if you've seen what we're doing this year, that ain't gonna be Tottenham at all this year. And this this is the thing for me is I can so clearly envisage this game being us actually getting an unlikely, maybe to the to the uninitiated, an unlikely victory there, snatching one, or at the same time losing two or three one, maybe mm-hmm. maybe by a couple more because, as you alluded to earlier. They're more experienced now, which is funny because they've been pictured as the young Arsenal team, the upstarts for quite a while now. And now suddenly it's their time to step up, you know? Mm. So it's like, this is their kind of 17-18 moment, isn't it? This is their, right, what are you made of? We've all called you promising, but now, now the focus is on you. Now you're not kind of this underdog, if you like. You're not this outlier. You're not a plucky outsider. You're a team that's been assembled with, with... hundreds and hundreds of millions of pounds. You're a team that has players now like Bukayo Saka, who is seen as one of the best players in the country. He's not some plucky youngster anymore. You've just yeah. spent a fortune on Declan Rice. You've spent a fortune on Gabriel Jesus. You've got two goalkeepers that you've spent a fortune. Do you know what I mean? Like, this is the thing about them. It yeah. is time for them to step up now. And we've seen with them in the past how when the actual emotional burden and when the expectation is on them, they don't often do that well. Whereas this Tottenham team, who is this plucky upstart now, who is kind of liberated from this sense of expectation, who is liberated from, all right, you know, it's not to do Andrew a disservice. Andrew's, you know, everything, his his, his career is, you know, littered with trophies and everything like that. But we're talking about in this, in the Premier League at least, he is still seen as something of a of an outsider, of <clears> somebody that people don't quite have a firm grip on yet so for Spurs this is a bit of a a free hit in a way but just from the way that we play we have seen that we can be you know open to attack and this will be really I mean seeing how terrible Manchester United are now this will be our first this will be this team and this system's first real test this, this season so we don't know how they will stand up to that there is every chance that we do just get exploited by Arsenal. You know, players, like I've said before, Saka and such, who can get in behind us and can cause problems. And that might be the case. And we may be leaving the Emirates, which is a bit of a points graveyard for us. We may be leaving there with with nothing. But Mm. I don't feel like... I'm gonna come away from this game. It will hurt. I'm not I'm not saying that, oh, you know, I'll just brush it off, whatever, we've lost to Arsenal, it doesn't matter. It will be it will be gutting, it will be fucking disgusting. But at the same time, again, I don't feel like this is the sort of game where I'd walk away from this thinking, fuck, you know? I would walk mm-hmm. away from this thinking, hopefully, at least we went there with a plan this time. At least mm. we went there to a fucking derby and tried to beat them
0: to actually yeah. play football against this lot. And to you actually stick to it, to it as well. You Do you know, know what I mean? And, yeah, totally. You know that and will stick to it as well. That's the There's not a chance um, we're sitting back there. Not mm. a chance. Mindful of the quotes that people brought up around I, I don't know if it was his, I don't think it was with Celtic, it was with one of the teams that he was with out in Asia, um, or maybe in Australia, I can't remember. He was saying that they went a goal down from the team playing out the back. Um, the opposition stole the ball, scored 1-0, and then it happened again. And they went 2-0 down, the exact same scenario, all taken off them. And then a little while later, they got a goal kick. Goalkeeper played it out to the centre-back. And at that point, Postacoglu said he realised he'd got them. He'd got the players, even if they were losing. I think it might have been a derby as well. If I, I'm sure I'm not making that up, but he said... We might have been losing. We might have been 2-0 down. It might have come from two mistakes from a, a system and a, a, a plan that I'd put in place, but they were sticking to it and still doing it. And it was at that point that I realised, right, I've got them. I've got this team and we can go on and we can be successful because they're listening and they're it, this is embedding into them. And I think that in a small way, obviously it's, I think it's a little bit earlier in the, in the cycle than it, it was at that stage in that anecdote that he gave, but I still think there's an opportunity for us to do that, and I think we probably will. I think the, the way that we're going to play is going to be very similar, and that could be terrifying, honestly. see if see our fullbacks going into midfield and leaving Van de Ven and Romero a little bit exposed, you know, Besumar is a brilliant central midfielder, a really good um, central defensive midfielder, but he's not a he's not a sort of Declan Rice or a. You know, he's not a tough tackling kind of central defensive midfielder. He's not one that sort of drops in between the center backs, as far as I can tell anyway. Mm. So we could be horrifically exposed, but if we walk away from that Derby, having played the way that Postacogli wants and having stuck to a system and stuck to a plan. And as you say, had a go, a proper go at Arsenal. I think we can still take a big crumb of comfort from that, even if we do get turned over. And that's, like I say, they should be smashing us. They really should be. They finished second last season. They almost won the title. They should have won the title. And they 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 did completely bottle it. Completely bottle it from the position that they were in. And they should have learned I mean, that, that was a genuine bottling, though. Not totally. like the ones that people try and say we've yeah, done. Yeah, exactly. They were top of the table for 200 days or something like that. And they lost both games to the, the team that ultimately went on to win it. And comfortably lost both games as well i think they lost them by 7-2 on our aggregate they completely shat the bed completely and they're supposed to have learned from that and they're supposed to have strengthened from that um and so you know the, the game at the weekend is is their chance to show that but as you say i don't think i don't think they're going to be going into the game with the same feeling as what they did last year when Really, we looked beaten before we even took to the pitch in both games. In particular, the one at White Hart Lane on the Spurs Stadium, we we didn't look like we were ever going to get near them. And ultimately, that's what's happened. But it's a totally different beast now. so it would be just—it's exciting and it's terrifying in equal measure. But that's I'm more excited, if I'm honest with you, mate. I'm I'm weirdly excited about this North
1: London. I think it's going to be fucking cracking. Like I think we're really going to take it to them.
0: Yeah, could be. I don't think... So I don't tend to watch this game. I, I can't. I just... It exhausts me to the point where I literally just can't do anything for the rest of the day. Like, I'm so tense, and it yeah. gives me such a big yeah. headache. It's awful. It's awful. Honestly, I feel like I've got a hangover after i watch yeah. watched this game. So I, I tend to gritty. stay clear of it. If, yeah, if, I, if I can avoid it, if there's other plans, and or if somebody's if somebody comes to me and says, "Do you want to go out for dinner, or do you want to go down to the pub and Fuck off. drinks, or whatever?" I'm like, "Well, I'm like, yes, instantly." All oh, right, okay, I'll I'll you so I'll take... it, after the event of having watched an no, awful like no, no, try and switch off from it, but it's just impossible, isn't it? It's horrible because you're just, you know, you're full of lactic acid and negativity usually, and I, I just think I can avoid that, and I can just check at the end of the game, and I can see what the score is, and then I can get on with the rest of my day I just I find it very difficult to to actually sit there and watch it these days um but yeah I can under, I can totally understand why anyone would be excited by it and I, there's there's as good a chance as any that we do win it it really is it's it's
1: talk because do you I get, I get the feeling that you're sort of in a Similar position to me, where you're like, I say it quietly, you know, with with what we were talking about at the start of the, the pod, you know, where people get very angry that you're going to put a jinx on things by saying stuff. But I feel like we
0: might have him, mate. I feel like we might do them yeah, Don't you? I we might do as well. <laughs> I, think, I think it's we've got it. If we just have to, if we turn up and don't say anything and just you know just just play a little bit of football and then maybe score a goal, and then don't let one in at the other end, I reckon we might die. Mate, can you imagine?
1: Can can you just imagine, right, (laughs) seeing seeing James Madison curling in like a 35-yarder and just cupping his ears to the clock end? Because he is, he is, right? Do you know what the thing is? Because we've been on the other side of this, right? He's such a fucking legend, and I love him now, I love him, but he is such a wanker. You know? Yeah. And I feel that like this is the type of game where he can be King Wanker. You yeah. know? Like he can fucking But that's the arrogance. Shit Yeah, exactly. We've been
0: missing the arrogance of that, haven't we? And that's a player that Arsenal always seem to have. Yeah. Yeah. I think Erdegaard but, is probably that kind of player that they why well, He's
1: too nice though. He's like Erdegaard's like seems I don't even hate Erdegaard. I just sort of think, hey, he seems alright. He's sort of like Mm. that kind of robotic Scandi, you know? Yeah, I suppose. But I guess,
0: I think he's still kind of the heartbeat of them. I think, because he's he's captain, I think, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, He seems to give them the same sort of energy as Madison does. I don't know if you saw it. I don't know if it was on TV at all. But after the second goal, Madison, um, well, actually, the, the entire second half, like I say, he got booked for throwing his hands up and just having a tantrum. And then I think it was still when it was one 0 we Richardson maybe after his header went over, Madison was just jumping and like throwing his arms up to the crowd, like you know get a bit of noise, stick with us, and you know, it's all it's all stuff that could mean nothing, and we've seen a lot of players sort of pay lip service to that sort of thing, but he seemed to genuinely be feeding off of it, um, and then towards the end when we scored the second goal. He was running back to the centre circle. All the players were in the the other half and still kind of celebrating amongst themselves. And Madison went down and was holding his foot up like as if he's got cramp. And he was doing it inches from one of the Sheffield United players. (laughs) And I don't know if they'd have a bit of a Barney all through the game or if he would just pick one at random for all the nonsense that they were giving and all the time wasting but he did it literally about five foot from the center from the, the halfway line so that he was in there half still and there's a few pictures floating around instagram i think of him on the floor just smiling and pissing himself at this player and it's obviously fuming and it's it's so nice to have that sort of character and it's so nice for that not to be happening to us but actually for us he's so good i really think that he's the one that we're going to we're going to fall in love with him so much and I'm so happy that he's one of the captains because he's another one. Speaking of Romero, I think Romero has stepped up in a different way. Madison is relishing it as well and he's so obviously taken it on, that responsibility in this team. He knows that he is the heartbeat of the team. He knows that if he's on his game and he can create, then we're in business and I think some players can wilt under that pressure. Mm. Um, he's definitely not. He, he really seems to be taking it on and this this game feels like if you're going to do it once, if you want to really turn it on and have the game of your life, this is the one. And I feel like Madison's just got that temperament to do it. But so. he know, I
1: think he's the guy. He knows that as well. He yeah, knows totally. this is the big one. It's that kind of thing that, remember Van Der Vaart had that. Van Der Vaart yeah, just yeah, yeah. got what a derby was. Some play, It's funny, isn't it? Some players just rock up. They're like, oh, I'm playing Arsenal this week. It's like you play fucking Spurs. Like, it's, just, mm. it's different. You're not just playing against Arsenal. Like yeah. I know, I was guess LaCelso didn't swap shirts with Arsenal, did he? It was Liverpool he did that. But you can see I, I guess somebody like La I think he's probably like, man, whatever. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't yeah. need to single him out. I'm yeah. just saying like James Madison, he's you know, he knows English football. He's even laughed about the fact he's like everyone thinks I'm a
0: fucking Arsenal. I've never been yeah. an Arsenal fan. <laughs> Like, yeah you know, that's he's... a narrative actually isn't it thinking about it like if he scores the winner or he does just something to influence the game really heavily oh, just that again it's the please. stuff that happens to us usually please yeah,
1: please
0: the you first know? Harry Kane North London derby that we've had in what was it five what, eight years I think we've gone into a derby without him at least playing some part in it um, never a disaster
1: yeah. though eh not a disaster no. not for us not for Tottenham
0: <laughs> I don't think disaster can happen well <laughs> that's no, the not <laughs> I'm, I'm going to do I mean, an about though. turn on people making fun of people for saying stuff right <laughs> I think like I say as long as it's not in, uh, kind of the worst in history we've had some stinkers there you know we've, we've lost 3-0 there plenty of times um,
1: imagine Imagine next week we're talking about us losing 7-0 <laughs> fucking pasta so, what's this fucking naive football thinking yeah. he can swashbuckle at the Emirates fucking Jack, Jack, Aussie Jack, dickhead Jack Jack, Jack. What, what what if we
0: don't mate it's, what if we don't what if we win 2-0 I, I, I don't I don't think we're going to be talking about us losing
1: next week at the very at the very least I don't need to get through Liverpool first that's 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 the true mark if we can if we can if we oh god i'm, I'm getting ahead of myself here but but if we can evoke a uh, a post match oh uh, you tell me oh uh, you turned me was that a good game was that was that, as as is she you know when they keep in the post match they keep the score line there if you see if you see tot 3 Live one in the top left hand corner and you see his big surly face, right? His cap at a bit of a jaunty angle. Right? You tell no, you tell me Madison, huh? Mad oh Madison, great player, yeah, great player. Great guy. Yeah, great guy when he's there laughing at my footballers. You is that is that in the spirit of the game? No, come on. Come on you, you you're paid to talk about this. I'm not talking to you. I talked to somebody who do you know
0: what I mean when he gets
1: into yeah, if you we can do that to you know Jurgen Klopp.
0: When he looks at the camera that's when you know you've got Jurgen Klopp. <sighs> okay, so that's what you think. He's not French, he's German. But you know, he, he does that thing. <laughs> all the same in he, it, mate. <laughs> he, he answers the question by looking straight down the camera with his shitty grin. That's that's what you want. We've done it to him a couple of years ago in the 2 all, didn't we? He went a bit mad about a red a red card or lack of red card or someone. but way. it wasn't
1: fully, was it? It wasn't fully, you know, when no, he's he we get want a full meltdown. Oh, I really want it. I really want it, mate. But it could, could happen. We don't know. It could but happen.
0: But
1: that first. is what I mean, though. Arsenal to, to first, it... mate. In the words yeah, of Yeah, of course. But so to bring first, it kind mate. of full
0: circle about the whole conversation we've had, it, it previous years getting zero points from this. It's it's never good to get zero points from these two games. It would hurt. It would feel really kind of frustrating after the start we've had. But it wouldn't feel like the seasons come crashing down right. because of it, and I don't know who we've got after that. Actually, I think we're isn't it something weird? Like we're in London for two months. So, um, yeah. You know, don't don't go outside the M twenty five or something like that. Um, if if we can put another runs together, like we we've had seasons before where we finished top four, and like I say, we've got zero points out of Liverpool at home. Um, an Arsenal away it, it happens we can sponge it we can get on with it it's how we react to it and like I say if we stick to the way that we're playing and take some positives out of it then there's a there's a victory of sorts there but I, I, I think we could I think we could do it Are you are you thinking
1: Arsenal top two is that what you're saying? Yeah oh. 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 <laughs> Imagine
0: Romero and Madison
1: Just imagine imagine a big Ooh, a big fucking header from Romero. Mm. Imagine how potty he'd be going as well in the fucking Emirates. Oh, mate, mate, this is the world I want to live in. This mm-hmm. is the world I, but you know, let's not have it that, you know, after the weekend, I'm sending you the Homer Simpson angry in bed picture. <laughs> <You know>? like, <laughs> I don't want to be in that world anymore. Yeah. I want to be here. I'm I want to be here. I even, I can't, I keep listening to Angels by Robbie Williams all the time now. I, like, I can't help it. I'm, I'm there. I'm fully simping up for this, and this is just <laughs> let's fucking have it, Tottenham. Let's fucking have this. Um, thanks, for, thanks for jumping on today, mate. Thanks for jumping oh, on. Um, somebody said you've you've left Twitter, haven't you? Somebody said uh, I missed yeah. Tom when I posted about you. Uh, you actually not being a curse on us. So you are missed. <laughs> you are missed. Who was that? Um, oh God! You're gonna make me dig it out now, aren't you? Let's find it. Um, doesn't matter.
0: Doesn't matter really. Out of interest.
1: Matter. It's nice to know, isn't it? It's <laughs> nice to know. Say like something nice about Tottenham versus Arsenal.
0: While I'm trying to dig this out. Um, could we, we could. We I'm could. gonna stop whispering because actually, it's not doing my voice any favors at all. Um, we yeah, we just we just could, and I'm trying to think of the last. We've had two. In the league, we've had two notable or well positive results there in what fifteen years? And that was the four-all in two thousand and eight and the three-two in twenty eleven or ten. And both those times we were kind of against all odds. And actually, in both those times, we were we were at least two goals down. I think in the four all, yeah, we were two goals down going into the last um, minute, and then we drew three all. 4-0, sorry. And then we were 2 nil down at half-time in the one in 2010 and we came back on 1-3-2. And so in both of those games, you're looking at situations where we are just go for broke, like with nothing to lose kind of thing. And I kind of think, kind of think that's what Poster and, and football they, is all about, right?
1: They've got Champions League during the week as well. They've got yeah, European they have, football as well. Yeah, half an eye on that. It's the ACL's gone. Well. Like, oh no, you're not, allowed to. you're not allowed to wish injuries on fuck off. It's fucking okay. arsehole. All right, ACLs yeah. all over. Um, <laughs> the person who uh, sent you, who said, "I wondered where Tom went. I always enjoyed following him on here," was Jamie at Jamie James Gym. So uh,
0: okay, yeah, yeah I recognise the name. Hi. There you go. Hi. Yes, alive and well. Just couldn't couldn't deal with um, Must Ball anymore. It's it, actually I would say that a lot of the reason why I'm enjoying this Spurs team and the the feeling around it is because I don't have Twitter to kind of bring me back down to earth. Every so often a friend of mine who I I went with on Saturday, he still sends me tweets all the time, just stuff that he finds funny. Um, And every so often he'll send me one of just someone, you know, I I get the cause and, you know, this isn't the forum for the conversation because that conversation has dulled a little bit, but it seems to be from levy out people, but people are just almost seem to make it part of their personality not to enjoy spurs anymore and people will probably level that at me for the last few seasons but honestly I feel like it was justified I've I've never over the last four seasons there was never a point where I was like yeah this feels this feels a fit and something to enjoy I, I felt like it was something to endure until it all went wrong this is different and I just I'm not really in the market anymore to read a positive tweet or see someone post something about the game that they enjoyed and then just see kind of a wave of responses from people that still just want to have a go and say oh yeah but what about the transfer window oh we didn't do this we didn't do that yeah some of that might be true but I I just don't need to read it I can't be asked Um, just I haven't got the sort of headspace it I was we were talking in the summer I was so close to just giving up on Spurs altogether because it it obviously felt as if
1: and I think I said to you at the time bore off mate it's just it's not it's never going to leave you like it it never is going to happen
0: but I think the my interest could have been to the point where I, I wouldn't have entertained going to a game actually paying money to go to a game and probably watching on TV just you know have it on in the background but again not get to that investment where it kind of ruins your afternoon or you're sat there thinking oh fuck, what does this mean if Chelsea win and like, all of that I just who think, are you kidding you're never getting away from it
1: ever I, never. I think I think. had nah. we not nah. we, I tell you what if we'd have been employed <laughs> someone
0: like Enrique and but Heritage then there'd always be someone else them. down the line of course, of course. Getting, and that's that's why I should
1: you're never ever getting away from it I know I know you're stuck with us right. but do you know can I just say like all this aside Musk all this type of thing do you know why else you're enjoying Spurs at the moment now mate This weekend we we might we just we might do it okay I think we might if we
0: do I'm really going to enjoy it then we might I just think I just